I feel like this year, more than years past, I am like, I'm just barely getting to the finish line. <laughs> I don't know how you all feel, but I am, I'm tired. Um, so uh, I think before I continue, I'd like to just pray real quick for our time tonight. God, thank you for um, thank you for this church and this this group of people to come together with uh, in the middle of our week to uh, reorient our hearts around you and to worship you. God, I pray that we would each find some still moment in the remaining days of this season um, to pause and reflect. That we would find uh, a renewed sense of. of peace and energy in the midst of what can be a very busy and draining season. We love you, God. Amen. So as Matt said, um, actually, welcome to the final Tuesday uh, that we are meeting together this year, um, but also the third and final Tuesday of Advent 2023. Uh, There are always four Sundays in Advent, but some years, like this year, when Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, we only get three Tuesdays in Advent, which is kind of a bummer, but uh, that's the way it goes. This Advent, we've been focusing on hope. Uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about hope from the past uh, and the first coming of Christ. Last week, Brandy talked about hope in the present and our interactions with Christ today. And this week, um, we're going to be talking about hope for the future and the second coming of Christ. And uh, I have to tell you, I struggled, struggled with this talk. Partly because of what I just talked about, like I'm running on fumes, but um, I struggle with it, maybe more than any other talk this year, and it really came down to the wire. (laughs) So uh, this isn't going to be a very long talk. I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, a short little reflection for us to finish out the year together. Um, And it's not because I don't have hope for the future. Um, Though these days, sometimes it can be hard to find, uh, I do, but it, it... A lot of it was because anything having to do with the second coming and the end times, um, one, there's just all sorts of rabbit holes to get distracted with that I went down, but it also pokes at some of my doubts and it prods at some of my baggage from growing up with some very bad end times theology. Maybe some of you can relate. Um, Sometime around 1997, my mom, after hearing a speaker at our church, told me quite definitively that the world is going to end in 1999. It did not. Uh, she told me Jesus was coming back. She told me G- uh, the Antichrist was a uh, very prominent European aristocrat. Um, and that the rapture, when God supposedly is going to instantly cause all of the true believers uh, to physically vanish from the earth uh, in a moment, Um, as he transports them to heaven, sparing them from the absolute hell on earth that is going to break out for seven years, that, the rapture, was imminent. This was the first time, at least that I can remember, that I heard any of these things. Um, The end of the world, the Antichrist, the rapture. And my mom, I remember, was um, like elated as she talked about these things. And I was absolutely terrified and would continue to be terrified for several more years. Um, It is such a shame looking back that the promises of Christ's second coming, something that's been a huge source of hope for the church for thousands of years, something that should be good news, uh, was something that instead caused deep uh, dread and anxiety and fear in me. 
Historically, Advent, the season that we're in, is spent uh, focusing far more on the second coming of Christ, uh, far more on the future promises than it is on the first coming of Christ and uh, the story of Christ's birth and the incarnation. That is certainly a focus, but historically it's been much more about the future, focusing on the truth that Christ is coming again. And when he does, it won't be as a gentle and vulnerable child, but as a triumphant king coming to dwell with his people, making all things new. As we read in Revelation, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. What a beautiful future to hope for. This is great news, but it so easily can become bad news when it's interpreted through the lens of bad theology. And some of you can probably relate to the way I grew up. Uh, this wasn't for me, but if you grew up in the 70s or 80s, you were probably familiar with a guy named Hal Lindsey and his birth, uh, birth, his book called The Late Great Planet Earth. Just very 70s looking young man. Um, <clears throat> or maybe you, uh, I actually saw bits and pieces of this movie. Um, I don't remember how, but the 70s, series of films called Thief in the Night, which were absolutely terrifying and had a lot of guillotines in them. Um, or if the 90s, if you were a 90s kid like me, uh, you grew up with poorly written fan fiction that is the Left Behind series uh, that somehow is still making movies. Um, you grew up with that and all the hysteria surrounding the turn, the turn of the millennium, which is not to be confused with Willennium, which uh, if maybe you're too young or too old, Willennium was a album that Will Smith put out in 1999 um, had a lot of bangers on it. I was not allowed to own it, um, but I heard it was great. <clears throat> I'm talking about the turn of the millennium, you know, the year 2000, Y2K, the world is ending, all of that fun. That was the soup that I grew up in and many of you did too. Um, if you were raised like me, then, then what has instilled great hope throughout history instead instilled great anxiety and dread in you? I'm going to be honest with you, from the moment that I heard about the end times or the rapture or the Antichrist or the tribulation or any of these things, if I thought about it before I went to sleep, I didn't sleep that night. I was so scared. Um, <laughs> if I was in my house and I like was in my room or was in the basement or something and I came upstairs and I couldn't find anyone, the first thought that went through my mind was I got left behind. That was it. Even when I got older, I remember I was driving either late one night or early one morning and I hadn't seen another car in forever. And I was like, was that it? Did I just miss, did I just miss everything? I was constantly worried. I was constantly in fear. And to be really vulnerable with you, I think this is probably a common thing. The thing that I was worried the most about wasn't necessarily missing out on Jesus coming back. I was worried that he would come back before I got married. <laughs> That's what I was, I mean, that and all the carnage and violence, but constantly worried, constantly in fear over something like the rapture, which is an idea that in its present form popped up in the 1800s. It's relatively new, and it has mostly been used to coerce and guilt people into acting a certain way or, or claiming to believe a certain thing. And um, apart from a very narrow and rigid reading of one verse in one book, it's, it's really hard to back up with scripture. I, from my perspective, it's not in there. I don't think it aligns with 
anything else that uh, happens in the Bible. It doesn't really align with God's character throughout the rest of the Bible. It's not in Revelation at all. I, uh, it's strange to me that it was such a, a big area of focus growing up when it is like barely mentioned at all, if it even is. What a shame to have hope betrayed for fear because of that. Tish Harrison Warren, uh, a writer and uh, Anglican priest, writes, We Christians believe that Christ will, as the Nicene Creed says, come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. This is God's definitive response to the deepest longings of the human soul. It is our hope that truth, beauty, and goodness will last, and that evil, sorrow, and death will not it is the promise that we and all of the cosmos are not doomed to fate and left on our own, but that we will be made whole and new. This is what hope in the second coming is about. Our hope is in Christ, and Advent is the season when we recognize and celebrate our hopes that culminate in him, which is why we celebrate the incarnation in the past. And it's why we celebrate the ways that we meet him in the present, but it's also why our ultimate focus is on our hope for the future when Christ will come again. The second coming of Christ means the end of corruption, the end of disease, the end of rot and decay, the end of hunger, the end of wars and violence and hatred the end of online comment sections, the end of suffering, the end of death itself. I don't know exactly what this looks like. And I think contrary to pop theology, scripture doesn't contain like a real clear step-by-step description of how this all works. Maybe this upcoming year we'll do a series on Revelation so that we can talk about what this often misunderstood and abused book of the Bible actually says. Um, But I think the minute that you start trying to speculate and speaking definitively of something so mysterious is the minute things go off the rail and you end up telling your kids that the world is going to end in 1999 because some guy in Europe is the Antichrist. Jesus very definitively says, no one knows the, the hour or moment that these things will happen but God. The point isn't for us to try to figure it out. The point is for us to patiently wait. So instead of some definitive picture of what this will look like, all I can offer is hope. We and all of the cosmos are not doomed to fate and left on our own. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again to make all things new. Until then, no matter how terribly or even how wonderfully our lives are going, we have hope that the deepest longings of our hearts will be realized and fulfilled. They will be realized and fulfilled in the renewal of all things, in the end of suffering and the death of death itself. In the meantime, like Israel for thousands of years, like Zechariah, like Mary, and many more that we read throughout scripture, we're called to wait, to hope, to prepare, to do the work that we've been created to do and wonder together, especially in a season like Advent, maybe this will be the year that God makes all things new.
This is what we celebrate in Advent. This is what we look forward to. This is our hope for the future. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that we are not left to fate, that all of creation is not doomed, but that you will finish what you've started and that you will make all things new and there will be an end to everything that is wrong in reality. And that the deepest longings of our hearts that ultimately long to be with you will be fulfilled. God, I pray that that promise will again be a source of hope for each one of us and not a source of dread or anxiety or fear. And God, in the meantime, while we wait, may we not lose hope or sight of, of continuing to do the work that you have created us to do to bring heaven to earth little by little until you finish what you've started. We love you, God.